Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we have a message to bring you from the Word of God today. In these times that we are living, these perilous times, in these dangerous days that we are living, filled with such discouragement through distraction, really, more than anything else, being distracted from the good news of Jesus in a bad news world. We need to get a focus that will build into every one of us a spirit of expectancy and holy resolve to not give in to discouragement and not let the distractions around us over which we have no control except to not lose our focus. Uh, That's why the Bible said, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. It actually would connotate looking away. See, you can't look frontwards and backwards at the same time. Amen. I don't know if frontwards is a word. You can't look forward and look back at the same time. Remember Lot's wife. Don't ever, 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 ever look back. Have a spirit of expectancy and look forward. Weeping lasts but for a night. And look forward to the morning. Morning's going to come. I don't care how dark the night is. Morning is going to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the Bible said joy is going to come in the morning. And you know morning's coming. So don't let that dark night distract you from looking forward to day break. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to talk to you about recovering from a wounded spirit. I'm going to read the scripture because I'm about to get ahead of myself. And I want to teach a little bit. And it's hard to do it without preaching because you know how excited I get and enthusiastic when I get into God's word and I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit today. I can't preach without teaching and I can't hardly teach without preaching. So if you're looking for a monotone, schooly, scholastic lesson from the Scripture, you're not going to get that from me today. But if you're looking for a truth that can change your circumstances, amen. Living in a faulty body in a fallen world with a formidable foe. Don't take him for granted. The devil means business today, but so does God. Hallelujah. And he wants every child of his to be counted today, that he can count on us to not be distracted, not be discouraged, but stand and rise up a mighty intercessory army that can wage effective warfare and see strongholds brought down and many souls swept into the kingdom of God. Amen. I I hope this intrigues you today to listen to this teaching, Recovering from a Wounded Spirit. Proverbs 18.14 is going to take us from there to Psalm 77 as we see a profile of a deeply, deeply discouraged man and three steps that he took uh, to recover from that deep discouragement, that wounded spirit. Amen. And so I want to begin with this simple statement, but so profound, Proverbs 18.14. It says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who 
can bear. A wounded spirit who can bear. Amen. Listen, someone said one time the devil had a yard sale. Many demons showed up to buy Satan's own tools to defeat God's people. One weapon was on a very high shelf. How much is that? A very evil demon asked. That's not for sale at any price, said the devil. That's my own greatest weapon. For no matter how devoted, how committed, how anointed, how dedicated to serve God a man or woman, boy or girl is, if I can get that into their life, they are easily defeated. What's its name? The demon asked. Discouragement, replied the devil. Discouragement. You know, before we read the story of Asaph here, in Psalm 77, in the New Testament, Paul wrote Timothy a letter. And he told him something he needed to hear because obviously the content of the letter to First and Second Timothy, Timothy, who was appointed of God to be a minister of Christ and anointed of God to be a minister of Christ. By the way, we're not just talking about the clergy here. Every Christian has been given the ministry of reconciliation. That means that we can testify of Jesus to somebody else. And when they come to Christ, they are reconciled unto God. We have that mandate from God and that ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. It's not just for uh, certain priests and certain preachers and certain high-ranking clergy. No, every child of God can share their testimony and the good news of Jesus with somebody else. And if they accept Christ as their Savior, they are going to be reconciled unto God. And the devil is desperately fighting that. Because when someone comes to Jesus, they're delivered from the powers of darkness, translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. They're set free. Praise God. And the chains break and, and the, and the, the circumstance of their life changes. Praise God. And the devil, uh, well, one, one evangelist put it this way. He said, God has anointed me and sent me, amen, to plunder hell and populate heaven. Every one of us need to understand that we have a, a window of opportunity, especially now. Uh, in the midst of all the chaos and crisis, and, and I could enumerate, uh, starting with the pandemic, but the perilous times that marked the last days, the political situation, you can just go down the line, the personal trials and tests that we all are facing on a global scale, not just in America, not just in the United Kingdom, Africa, Asia, the Antarctic, friend of mine, people are starting to think about the uncertainties and where can I find hope? What what can I find to give me any consolation, any hope in a world like this? What an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And so the devil knows the power of the gospel. 
And he knows the persons who can bring that gospel to the world. And he's after us, tooth and toenail. Praise God. I want you to know today, and the reason I'm praising God is that the Bible says, Satan goeth about as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour just anybody. He certainly can't destroy everybody. Amen. And when the, and, and the scripture goes on to say whom resist steadfast in the faith. You see, discouragement will cause you not to stand in the faith and not to use the faith that has been given you in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And from the Word of God. Well, we want to deal with that issue today. To defeat doubt and disarm discouragement. How to recover from a wounded spirit. Paul wrote Timothy a letter before we read here. For time's sake, I'm just going to tell you what he said to him. He said, number one, I know you have faith. Because when you're discouraged, you're going to think one of two things. Either your faith has failed or God is unfaithful. Both of those are lies from the devil. No matter what you feel, no matter what the circumstance screams at you, I want you to know, amen, you have faith. And Paul pointed that out to Timothy, who was deeply discouraged and the ministry gift in him was laying dormant. And he said, I know you got faith. It was in your mother and in your grandmother. I'm paraphrasing, but it's right there in First and Second Timothy. It was in your mother. It was in your grandmother. Now, it didn't get into him by osmosis. Living in a Christian family can point you toward the faith, but it can't bring the faith uh, to you. It is a personal thing that occurs. If they had faith, it came one way. Faith cometh by hearing the scriptures declare and hearing by the word of God. Scripture actually goes on to say, how they, how shall they believe on him of whom they have never heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he go except he be sent? Now I want you to know that Timothy was sent by God to preach the gospel, but he wasn't doing it. The gift that had been imparted to him was laying dormant within him. <laughs> and, and, and he just, he had all but given up when Paul wrote him those letters. And he started with the fact, you got faith. You know, the Bible said the measure of faith was given to every man. God has given into every human being enough faith to believe the gospel when they hear it. Because God wants people to respond to it. And he wants them. You have to choose not to believe. This idea of I can't believe is absolutely wrong. If you've got a measure of faith given by God, who lighteth every man that comes into this world, woman, boy, girl, soul, I want you to know you can believe the gospel if you choose to. Hallelujah. For we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. Amen. The devil wants to fight that. God wants us to rise up in faith. So Paul told Timothy, I know you've got faith. Don't think you don't have faith. I want you to use that faith to defeat doubt 
and disarm that discouragement. Hallelujah. And let that ministry come forth. Amen. So he told him, I know you got faith. You you were in a household with a mama and a grandmama that had faith. So in that household, there must have been the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he had heard the word and he had come into the faith and he trusted Christ and he'd been appointed and anointed to bring the gospel and he had become discouraged and those gifts imparted to him in order to fulfill that calling were laying dormant within him. Paul said, I know you got faith because it was in your grandma. It was in your mother and said, from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Well, if he knew them from a child, faith was in his heart, but discouragement was in his emotions and his mind. Listen carefully. You can have faith and be discouraged. Because you're not using the faith you have to disarm discouragement. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can rise up and claim promises and bypass those feelings if you understand this dichotomy between your emotions and your spirit man. Oh, the spirit of a man, believe me, will sustain his weaknesses, his infirmity. But when his spirit is wounded, see, if you stay in discouragement long enough, your spirit will become infected and affected by it. But if you begin to rise up in your spirit, amen, your mind and your emotions are going to be infected and affected by it. So Paul said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, Timothy, but of power, of and love and a sound mind. Stir up the gift that is in you. That that phrase, stir up, comes from one word in the Greek, and it means to stir into flame a fire that threatens to go out due to neglect. Anyone who has had a wood stove or a coal stove back in the day mostly now some people in very cold climates have backups of of wood and coal uh, but uh, and but it, at night you would bank it up instead it would burn down to just ashes all over unless you piled it up and and banked it up they call it and in the morning, those embers touching one another enough to still be fanned in the flame, you could stir it up. And when you stirred it up, uh, then the flame would come and you could put the fresh wood on it to, to light it without having to start from scratch. And he was telling Timothy, that fire is in there. Amen. He baptized you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Make no doubt about it, Timothy. That fire is still there. It's banked up. Stir it up. Fan it into flame. You can also fan that. You can do that. And you see the embers start to glow and a flame come when you stir it and you fan it into flame. God wants us to stir up the gifts that are in us that have been granted to us by and in and through the Holy Spirit so we can be capable 
ministers of the gospel so that we cannot lay dormant within us these gifts to go out and share Christ with other people and preach the gospel in a day of so many distractions it's easy to lose focus and become discouraged remember the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity but a wounded spirit who shall can bear Someone has said doubt is like a dark, threatening storm cloud blocking from our vision the radiance of the sun. Storms come and go, but the sun is always shining. Praise God. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something because we're gonna stop and, and slow down. There's so much truth that we need to get here. Somebody listening to this broadcast has been discouraged to the point that your own spirit has become wounded and God wants you to recover from that wounded spirit. Listen to what David said. After all of his victories, after all of his mighty victories, he became discouraged. Psalm 4, 42 rather, and verse 11. He said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. That Amplified Bible says, Hope in God and wait patiently for him. And one paraphrase says, O my soul, don't be discouraged don't be upset. Expect God to act. Amen. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise Him for all that He will do. He is my help. He is my God. Hallelujah. You see, friend, our faith is not a wait and see, but rather a believe and receive. It's not hoping for the best while preparing for the worst. It's the confident expectation that we will receive the substance of those things hoped for. Greatly desiring to have God act has been misinterpreted as great faith. No, it is not. Faith does not manifest itself by just intensely desiring God to act, but rather by expecting God to act. You see, hope Literally, in the biblical sense of it, particularly, hope is the glad anticipation of future good. Because we know it's coming, we are glad before it comes. Hallelujah. We are coming out of that despair before the darkness has even dissipated. You see, the Bible said that weeping may last or will last for a night during the darkness. Weeping will last for a night. But see, the spirit of expectation, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. I'm going to read this again. Doubt is like a dark, threatening storm cloud, blocking from our vision the radiance of the sun. Not just S-U-N, darling, but S. Oh, in. Hallelujah. Storms come and go. 
They're always going to come, but they're always going to have to go. And darkness is going to be dispelled at the breaking of the dawn. And no matter how dark the night, we know the sun is going to rise. And the scripture even speaks of the sun of righteousness arising in our hearts with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get healed of a wounded spirit. Reclaim, amen, the ministry that God has, has anoint, appointed you for and anointed you for. Praise God. Amen. Somebody is going to exercise the ministry of reconciliation through your witness and your testimony, and you're going to become a soul winner. Hallelujah. You're going to get the attitude of one evangelist who said, God has sent me to plunder hell and populate heaven. Amen. We're going to invade Satan's territory and share the testimony of Jesus in spite of all of the forces that are arrayed against us. You know why? Because greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in the world. I know it's in the context of discerning the Antichrist spirit that's in the world, but it's also in the context of recognizing that the God who is in us is greater than all of the forces of darkness that are arrayed against us. Amen. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able, you and me, hallelujah, when we put on God's armor, we raise the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Amen. Those arrows that have been wrapped with with cloth and dipped in oil and set alight, fired into our midst to to create pandemonium and chaos. Oh, friend, when the shield absorbs that arrow, it can't hurt us. It can't harm us. Hallelujah. And we keep marching forward with our sword, with our shoes, our hobnailed boots of the Roman soldier, the short sword for up close and personal combat. Glory be to God. Amen. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, our loins girt about with truth. Amen. God has raised an army up. But it's a spiritual army with spiritual weapons to accomplish spiritual victories. And we can't be spiritually wounded when we are called to stand up and stand firm in these last days. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty four says, Wherefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall receive them. I like this perspective on what faith is. Faith is believing that God's word is true and that God will act according to all he has said in his word. This is and creates and brings forth the spirit of expectancy, which is hope. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Since it's based on God and not circumstances, faith is not feelings. It produces an atmosphere of stability and hope that no force can shake. 
or move, thereby allowing God to manifest His miracle power in the meeting of our needs. And we need supernatural intervention. Don't let that word miracle throw you, and don't let anyone tell you that miracles are not for today. The simplest explanation for a miracle is a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. If God does anything (laughs) in response to prayer, in response to faith, amen, it is a miracle. There are no little ones and no big ones because nothing is too hard for God and nothing is impossible with God. They're big and little from our perspective. That one is a greater one than this one. And God said it wasn't nothing to me. It wasn't anything to me to do either one of them. Amen. There's not something that God strains to do. Amen. He said, let there be a firmament. I'm talking about everything in that we can see in our universe. Let there be a firmament. And there was a firmament. I've often told people I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I believe God said, let there be and bang, there was. And he does it as an all-powerful omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent God. Hallelujah. And we need our to stir up by faith the gifts that are laying dormant in us because of discouragement. Hallelujah. This is the answer for discouragement and depression, doubt and despair. In order to expect God to act, we must have a knowledge of God's word and faith in His faithfulness to fulfill it. And it's God's Word that gives us the faith to trust His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Who has a God like our God today? Remember, before we go to Asaph, I'm going to save this for our next edition, but don't miss it. God is talking to somebody right now. And if God can get every Christian functioning fully in faith in this last day. He's going to use us to be to be a testimony to the world about us and to see God move. You see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the Scripture said, but mighty through God to the bringing down, the pulling down of strongholds. Cast, and it's going to designate where the strongholds are, these mighty fortresses that are holding out against the gospel and the testimony of Jesus and the light of the glory of God that that would be and could be seen if they could only see it. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, I want you to know the God of this world indeed has blinded the minds of men. Speaking of those high things, these proud, haughty people with the hardened hearts. This is this is a battle for the mind before it becomes a battle for the soul. 
listen carefully. Amen. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus. Amen. To come to Christ, to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But we've got to do battle in, in, in the heavenlies. You see, the reason for spiritual armor is to win spiritual victories. The Bible said in, 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 in Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers, principalities, and spiritual wickedness in high places, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Oh, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of flesh. We have spiritual weaponry so we can win spiritual battles for the souls of men and women, boys and girls, not just for our personal victory, but for their victories over the enemy that holds them in chains of darkness. Amen. After designating the, the adversary, Paul goes on to tell us about the armor necessary to defeat the adversary. And then thirdly, he tells us where we implement the armor. It is in the arena of prayer. Hallelujah. Because he finishes that by saying, praying for me. And all saints with all prayer all different, all the different avenues and elements of prayer and supplication that utterance may be given unto me. Praise God. See, we, we don't preach the gospel just with the wisdom of men. We preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Amen. There is a spiritual component here. A hallelujah. That's why the scripture said this, this gospel did not come in word only as important as the word of God is, but it came in power. It came in the Holy Ghost and it came in much assurance. There's something about the force of the gospel penetrating that darkness when the anointing is flowing in order to proclaim it, preach it, testify of it. Amen. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. It comes up through us, the Spirit of God, and flows out as we give testimony to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, if you are discouraged, you are like Timothy. I want you to know that God wants you to rise up in your spirit. Use the faith that you have to stir up the gift that is in you. Don't let how you feel. Don't let how you feel because of your circumstances. Because of your brokenness within. Because of, of how hurt you have become. Don't let discouragement continue in your life. Let God help you. Amen. David spoke of the fact that God lifted him from a place he was in that he couldn't extract himself from. And he simply said, He lifted me from the miry clay. And he put my feet on a rock. He didn't just leave him on a slippery slope to keep sliding right back in. He lifted him from the miry clay. He established him, set his feet upon the rock. And then he said he put a song. You see, he got back his song. 
he he got back his praise. Hallelujah. Put a song in my mouth. And he said, the humble shall hear of it. And they're going to take courage. They're going to be glad. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, my victory won't just help me. It's going to help you. And it's going to help somebody else that needs to know that you can, you can be deeply discouraged and you can be mightily encouraged and then an encourager of others. I believe that's occurring. I believe God is going to pull you out and all you have to do is reach up with the faith you have that you think you don't have. Just go ahead and believe God anyway. Reach up to Him. Reach out to Him. Cry out to Him. He will lift you up and He will set you on a rock and He will set your feet to dancing and your tongue to singing. Hallelujah. Once again. And today, if you don't know Jesus, you have nothing to sing about, nothing to stand upon. Scripture says of you, you're without God and therefore without hope in this present world. Oh, but friend, that can change. That can change right here, right now, in this holy moment as we close this teaching. You can come to Christ with all your hang-ups and all your hurts All of your anger, your angst, your discouragement, your fears and your uncertainties, all of the sins that shackle you. If you can see what God can do right now, if the Holy Spirit can shine into your mind and let it drift into your heart and illuminate that dark place within you and say, there's hope for me in Jesus. It's not hope for me and myself and people who have failed me in this old fallen world. But there's hope for me in Christ Jesus. And today, just as I am without one plea, but that His blood was shed for me, I come and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. You see, we've done battle for you in the heavenlies that the scales would fall from your eyes and you would walk out of Satan's prison of darkness. You would run and embrace the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And please, dear friend, come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.